Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you focused on what's important or just trying to put out fires? Do you ever get overwhelmed by all of the ideas and books and podcasts? And what does it mean to be ruthless? Optimized force of nature and CEO Brian Johnson and I catch up after his new venture, Heroic, made history by becoming the first company to raise $5 million through crowdfunding. Today, we discuss dealing with pressure, distractions, and developing anti-fragile confidence. For what it's worth, this conversation took place after I had to reschedule our talk because the 5G vaccine nanobots hijacked my brain. Let's dive in. So player, everywhere I go, I'll be like, so player. What's up, bro? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm getting, uh, I'm tuning myself to 24 karat magic playerness. So, what is that? Bruno Mars, man. That's a that's the jam. Send, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Send me the link to that so I can uh, know what what's getting you pumped up these days. Yeah, man. How's life these days? Life is good. How are you? Good. Real good, man. Real good. Healthy, strong, all the, all the good things. All very grateful. So. Nice. You're, you're over the COVID hangover or the vaccination hangover, Duh. whatever that was. Dude, that wasn't <laughs> playing, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's just kind of a psychosomatic thing. And then I woke up at two in the morning, like shaking. I was like in a fever dream. And I was wow. like, oh, this is for, this is for real. So. <laughs> uh, two days good. later, I still had a headache. I was like, I didn't realize that uh, it was like a migraine. I couldn't. Wow. That morning I was talking, you, I, I was sitting, sitting in front of my computer and I, was, I, I realized I've been just staring at the same thing for 20 seconds. I was like, I can't do an interview like this, man. <laughs> good, good call. Self-awareness for the win. Self-awareness for that. I, was like, I don't think this is a good, good state of mind to be in. So 
Yeah, I appreciate your your ability to be flexible on that. Uh, likewise. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a whole host of things I'm curious about today. And, and again, it's we're kind of back into that kind of mindset stuff, trying to look at what you're doing through the lens of the rest of us and um yeah wanting to wanting to find the gold that we can grasp for ourselves so being up take us where you want to go man i always love our chats lead lead us congratulations (laughs) might seem like ancient history now but i was gonna say have we chatted since we actually made it official well you and i've been we've we've gone back and forth but officially you know on here we haven't so if we're following right on the story yeah congratulations that was a kind of a big deal that that, that little tiny it. gold of, yeah. of making history and you actually did it we did it yeah i feel so blessed and you know 2500 of us from 75 countries around the world um we did it you know i just feel blessed that's kind of the energy there and then also um obviously grateful and um just committed you know and the joke is that we were able to raise the money we wound up we're going to come in at about 11 um and I, my joke is like, I didn't really have to take off my, my track warm up suit. I broke out of sweat for sure, but I thought I was going to have to do a lot more, but the response was so positive and so overwhelmingly, um, powerful. Um, that it was just amazing. But, but after we did it, you know, we closed, et cetera. Then I shifted my brain completely from raising money to building the actual heroic platform in literally 10 times harder. You know, it's one thing to have a very clear target of this is what we're going to go do. And you know what you have to do. And there's only so many things you can do to execute that versus the creative process of, okay, now how do you build a platform that integrates a social training platform with guides that helps people change their life, become the best, most heroic version of themselves. (laughs) And it was literally like, you know, it was so funny to go from Friday, yes, to Monday, you know, actually Saturday, you know, and just that beautiful creative challenge of, okay, cool. Now the real work begins. Let's go get it, you know? Yeah. Well, that was, that was what I was curious about. Cause there, you know, there've been times when I've reached a, a new phase in my life or I, I, you know, even just brought in a certain amount of work, whether it was in my previous business or in these days when I, I bring in a, a client and there's like this, oh, now we're, starting right that that fin- what seems like a finish line is really that starting line and it's I, you know on one hand on one hand it's it's great to come back and just be like hey let's celebrate right <laughs> we don't want to just gloss over what just happened but let's also uh, you know we're recognizing that this isn't the end we've got more to come from so yeah was there is is there an experience i i'm hearing the the best version of this but you're taking on something huge, man. I mean, is there, how are you, how are you taking that on? Cause this, this is a huge goal. This is not an average goal. This is not, let me just build an average business. So, I mean, how, how does that affect you and how does that impact you personally? It completely changes my life. It dictates every single second of my day period. I mean, this is, this is what I've trained for. This is what I'm dedicating my life to. And it's no joke, you know, 2,500 investors from a hundred dollars to $350,000 have believed in me. And it's the hundred, 200, $500,000 investors give me tears in my eyes right now who tell me that this is the first investment they've ever made. They believe in us. They think that we can actually go change the world. So every morning I start the day, the night before go to bed after we tuck in the kids and do some reading, meditate for an hour. Trust me. I, I flirted with, oh, I don't need to meditate an hour. Now I did that. No, you're meditating for now. <laughs> you're staying plugged in. Anyway, what I do every morning after that meditation, a little bit of movement is I recommit to what I call my heroic sacred vow. And it's no joke. Every day I better show up. And my commitment is I am going to show up. I'm going to practice my philosophy. I fiercely commit and I mean it. Like I, I 
and, and so then I feel blessed because this is what I've said I've wanted to do my entire life. Perfect. I've gotten the opportunity to go do it. And that pressure becomes a gift. It's truly a gift of, and the score, by the way, has a great song on pressure. You know, you used to want to push it away and now you invite it in and boom, that's a privilege to be in the position that I'm in now. And frankly, I don't have time to, for the self-doubt and all that. Now what needs to get done? Now what needs to get done? But what I do every morning is I recommit to my sacred vow and you've seen me hold this up, you know, in different zoom calls and stuff, but I've got 1500, 1800 notes from our community telling us me why they invested. And there's a private note that only I have read. And I get brought to tears every single morning. So these are real people that have believed in me. And I, I literally feel like I've got a family, um, that I'm going to make proud. <laughs> it gets me emotional right now. Like, that's it. Boom, done. Get to work and um, practice your philosophy. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you've heard me say for years. And this is just giving me an opportunity to do so at that next highest level and then lock it in, lock it in. I do believe I've, you know, personally gone creatively to the next level. And th I think the task we have when we do that is lock it in. And, and as you know, I'm all about the fundamentals. What are the things that got me here? Make that prior best, my new baseline, and then get curious. Where can I go from here? And how do I continue to, you know, aggressively practice my philosophy with an intensity that's grounded, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all right. I, I want to underline a couple of things in there because there was some, <clears throat> you just touched on a couple of things, but I think they would be really big if we could draw them out. And the first one is the size of the why. So I'm imagining the guy out there listening and he's, you know, on this plateau or there's this next level for him. And, and he's already at this place. Like I can barely, I'm just kind of getting by as it is. I don't have room. I don't have space for this next level. I, it's too, I don't have the, I don't have space for more discomfort, more risk, or, you know, more kind of bullshit that people might say about me or how I might see myself. And so he gets in that place. But what I'm, I'm gathering from this is you come back to your why every day, every morning, if not multiple times a day. And that why seems to just <clears throat> get you up and over whatever that speed bump is or that, you know, little barrier is and we're back into it. And so I'm thinking like, oh, if I'm out there and I'm kind of trudging along, maybe it's time to consider a bigger why, a bigger goal. And I want to watch out because I've seen some guys set really big goals that are actually too far out ahead of their stretch zone. And, and so this is not your first rodeo, right? You've had other versions of changing the world and, and doing really big things, but they met you at your skill level. And so let's talk a little bit about this, like finding that match of the goal, but also the importance of the why it can't be, you know, maybe what got us to this point. We've got to, we've got to really anchor ourselves in our, our deep why at this point, what Stephen Kotler says, our massive transformational purpose. Um, yeah, let's, let's tap into that a bit. Yeah. And it's actually funny because Steven and I traded texts because, you know, he reached out to me with, I reached out to him to connect him with somebody. Then he told me about his new book, The Art of Impossible, in which, you know, he references that, of course, and, and said, dude, I'm doing it. This is like, you know, four months ago, right? I'm doing the impossible. Let's go, you know, engaging. So we had a really fun um, connection on that. But, you know, I think we need to step all the way back. So I think the why, you know, whatever, start with why and all these things is obviously powerful and you got to be careful. You're not manic and getting, you know, yeah. over your skis or whatever and all that. But what's funny is that, you know, what we're doing with the heroic platform and with the book that I'm out, you know, working on right now too, is how do you train a hero? So if you were going to train a hero, which is what I write every morning in my journaling, after I read that 
one page from my community and recommit to my sacred vow. I journal, right? 101% all in. And I don't curse in public, but I often write all in. Boom. Okay. 101%. That's what I'm going to give today. 101%. As Phil, who we often reference says, you got to go beyond what you think you're capable of doing, not in a manic way, but in an intense grounded way. And at that point where you go just past where you thought you were capable, you connect with the field of the divine energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, but anyway, so then I write, I train heroes. This is what I do this is my life's commitment. I train heroes and I look at my heroes on the wall. I meditate to them every morning. They whisper something in my mind every day. They give me an admonition to go do this, right? Eleanor Roosevelt's actually the most looking at my wall behind me. She's the most intense. She tells me to do one thing today that scares you. And I take that seriously. So I really, really think to myself, my meditation, what's the thing I'm going to do today that scares me? Boom, set it up. Let's go. Joseph Campbell tells me you are a hero. And more importantly, he tells me you go train heroes. And so the question for me becomes, how, how do you do that? Right. And my whole myth on it is I always start with, but deliberately repeating, do you know what the word hero means? Right. Etymologically, the ancient Greek word hero didn't mean tough guy or killer of bad guys. It meant protector. And I said, do you know what the hero's secret weapon was? It was love. It was love that gave the hero the courage they needed to go out and do the things they needed to do. So even I get emotional talking about what we just did. That's my secret sauce is I'm committed to something bigger than myself in the form of people that I want to serve profoundly. And again, I get emotional just thinking about that. So that's the, that's the call to the hero's journey. So I would offer every single person on the planet is called to their own unique expression of that. Now, if we agree with that, and some may not agree with that, in which case we can arm wrestle on it, but let's assume we agree that we all have the opportunity to show up as protectors for our families, for the values we hold dear, et cetera. Then how do you train that individual to become that best, most heroic version of themselves? I see seven objectives. The first one, and this is a long way to get to the ultimate why. The first objective in the training platform and in my book, which will be the training manual for the hero, it's you got to know the game you're playing. And the reality is almost everyone is playing precisely the wrong game. And you talk about this in your work, of course, but this is, you know, ancient wisdom, modern science all agree. The ultimate game, the sumum bonum, according to Aristotle, the greatest good is to live with eudaimonia, to have a good soul, to express that best, most heroic version of yourself, right? And Martin Seligman, positive psychology agrees, flourish. How do you do that? You put your virtues in action. So then the ultimate game we play every single day that I play every single day, isn't the making history or building this business or doing any of those things. Those are secondary goals for me. The primary goal that I have is, can I show up as the best version of myself and live with more wisdom, self-mastery, courage, love, hope, gratitude, curiosity, zest, all the virtues science shows lead to a meaningful life. That's the game I'm playing. And I can play that every single moment of the day. And I need to, if I'm going to show up at my best self. Um, so again, that's my ultimate why. And then when I find myself not doing that, which is all day, every day, I see how fast I can bring myself back. Right. And boom, that becomes the ultimate game. And when you get that, that's the game that you should be playing that all cultures across all time, wisdom traditions have said is the ultimate game. Your life just takes on a completely different meaning. And then things like Netflix and Instagram and all these other things become 
silly. They're, they're just become meaningless and they're easy to drop away. And then suddenly you start asking yourself important questions, which is, okay, what am I here to do? And let me unplug from all the nonsense. And then we go do the hard work to figure out the next proximal goal where we're stretching, not snapping and all the other things that are so important. There's a polarization there of really getting to what is important. What am I really here to play for? Suddenly there's a lot less here to distract us and pull us away and, and the other part that you, that you touched on there again was if doubt shows up, speed comes in. I, I just pivot, I pivot, I pivot, I pivot. I don't give doubt time to fester and put in roots. I just come back in and like, what needs to be done? What needs to be done? So Dude, let's go there, but let's go there because I want to make sure that I don't come across as, oh yeah, it's just been easy. It hasn't been. I mean, you, again, to your point, you bite off what I bit off. And there were of course, challenging times in the fundraise. And there've been a lot more challenging times as I'm trying to wrap my brain around how to do this. Yeah. You know, I raised the money. I got that fiduciary responsibility. I got a big contract with Meta Lab, the world's best product design company. You can spend a lot of money really fast and swing hard and miss not doing that. So there have been many sleepless nights for me, but then we have the, in terms of I'm chewing on an idea, you know, how am I going to do this? And I'm not feeling good about it. How does that feel? Not good. But mm. then we work. The second objective in hero training is you need to forge what I call anti-fragile confidence. So when life knocks you around, which it always will, especially when you're trying to live heroically and doing big things, you fight dragons. You're not sidestepping lizards. And I've said that we've talked about that so many times, but you got to get that. And then again, Phil frames it so beautifully. Your infinite potential exists outside of your comfort zone, not manically two miles outside of your comfort zone, just a half an inch outside of it. And you got to discipline yourself to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. So the moment you feel the anxiety that necessarily comes in when you are doing anything like this, then you say to yourself, rather than curl up in a ball or numb myself with, with Netflix or Instagram or the liquor store, I'm going to say, bring it on. This is how I'm going to grow. And I'm going to get better at tolerating that discomfort. And that's been my fundamental practice and why I am most excited. Frankly, that's what I'm most quote proud of is I'm alchemizing these challenges with a higher degree of grace and velocity than ever before, because I'm doing things like inviting these challenges, knowing that I'm going to have sleepless nights. I get up in the middle of the night, I'm chewing on something. Nothing's wrong with me. That's the story it used to be. No, 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 dude. This is exactly where I should be. Abraham Maslow. He talks a lot about his own nausea and insomnia and his wife was so familiar with his routines that when he would experience that, she would say to him, something good must be cooking, Abe. So we completely flip our, our story about it. But anti-fragile confidence, anti-fragile, of course, means you're not fragile. When life hits you, you don't break. You're also not resilient. You don't withstand more pain, then break, then bounce back faster. You're anti-fragile. You're the opposite of fragile, which means the more you get kicked around, the more you challenge yourself, the stronger you get. But the only way you can do that is if you cultivate confidence, which etymologically means confidere, intense trust. Not that things will go perfectly, but that it doesn't matter how they go because you have what it takes. And the only way you can build trust in yourself is if you do what you say you're going to do. So then you get to the protocol and you get to the things that you do when you're on and you do those like a ruthless 
every single day, especially on the days you don't feel like it. And if we can get that right, the worse you feel, the more committed you are to your protocol. You don't feel like meditating. You don't feel like turning off your electronics. You don't feel like showing up and doing the deep work. Perfect. That's the day you're more fiercely committed. Then all of a sudden, when you used to spiral out into vicious behavior and break down again in the midst of the challenge or the ambiguity, you get stronger. And again, that's easier said than done. That requires unbelievable wisdom, self-mastery, et cetera. Um, but that's what's so fun for me. Now I'm like, oh, I, I got to practice this stuff and uh, let's see how well it works. It's interesting because from the outside, the same behaviors, if we're watching it, it can look like the thing that leads to self-betrayal and where we grind and hustle. Or it could also look like that thing where you're in alignment and you find greater strength because you're becoming, you're anti-fragile and you're, you're, you're growing from the challenges. So from the outside, the sleepless nights and the I'm digging in and I'm moving forward in the face of this resistance or the, the face of this doubt or fatigue, whatever it might be, it looks the same. And I love that you put in there, we've got to know ourselves and, and get a sense of when we're betraying ourselves, grinding ourselves, going against our deeper wisdom versus no, I'm in alignment with that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because Again, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage people to grind themselves to a pulp if they're really out yeah. of alignment. Look, here's, here's when I say that, when I'm talking about most fundamentally, it's a great question. I appreciate being able to speak to it directly. I'm talking about, I end my day, my work day. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm more, uh, creatively challenged than ever before, but end my work day at 5 PM, 6 PM latest, boom, done. Transition. Yeah, Four, right? Yeah, well, Four. no, I, no time change and I'm making sure I get the right amount of sleep. So we'll go through, you know, yesterday. So yesterday I actually went to bed late, which was, no, it was like eight fifteen, right? So I ended at six. I ended it, I, I'm just going <laughs> off your trip. So I ended six, which is later than my commitment. So I want to be done at five 30 transition to family time, no technology, no more work done. Brain is off. I'm focused on the family five 30 to six or so five to six or so. And then a couple hours with the family, kids, read with the kids, go to bed. I'm in bed by eight. And then I'll be in bed for 10 hours. You know, I want to get eight and a half, nine hours of sleep. That's my thing. So I'll be in bed between nine and 10 hours. So I'll get up at six or so, let's say, which is what I did this morning. And I meditate for an hour. Now, if you want to not be a manic, we playfully talked about jackasses in the past, self-help, whatever, mm -hmm. meditate for an hour a day and tell me how how out of control your life can get. And I'm, I'm mean, I'm not saying anyone needs to do that, but I hereby challenge you. If you want to see how hard you can go while maintaining a deep sense of groundedness, then go hard and meditate for an hour before you do anything in the day. It's, it's literally like your, uh, well, you know, those pressure cookers, like you just let right. it all out and then boom. Anyway, I am more focused on the basic fundamentals that keep me plugged in because the ultimate game I'm playing is, can I invite that, that daimon that the Romans called the Greek daimon, your genius. Can you invite that best version of you to the party, which is all Pressfield talks about create the rituals such that it's not you doing the work. It's the best version of you. You just get out of your own way and then boom, do it for something bigger than yourself. And you starting to create a magical little formula there. So I'm simultaneously working harder, but more focused on my basic fundamentals than ever before. Then again, you go into bed, I go to bed at eight, I get nine hours of sleep, my sleep score, albeit I've had a few restless nights, but I still clock 90, 92 on aura, which is the best I've ever done. <laughs> Meditate, do deep work, oscillate, train. And I, I haven't looked at, at anything online to put it in perspective. I have not consumed 
it's not entirely true, maybe once or twice, but let's say I have not consumed any digital technology, including news or any social media since the second day of Lent, which is now, I don't know, a few months from now. So my mind is calm. All I'm thinking about is what I've decided is most important in my life, which is getting my energy right, showing up in work and showing up in my love with my family. It's all I care about. My entire life is structured around that. And then you can get a lot done without a lot of the normal friction and overwhelm and stress. Um, and again, easier said than done, yeah. um, not without challenges, but that's some of the orientation I have. It's really helpful to hear that you are challenged, right? It, it, the, the, the image that we get is you rocking it and how quickly you can pivot back into rocking it. So it, it, it is great to hear that you're human, not that you suffer or anything like that, but that okay, you, you do go through these things and then you do pivot and then come back to that stuff instead of like, well, he's just cut from a different cloth and I'm exempt because I'm not cut from the Brian Johnson cloth, right? So that's what Dude, I want to make I this relatable. A, I am a recovered circus. Like my inability to show up <laughs> consistently, come on. And again, if you listen to enough of our talks, then, then you have an insight into that. But I wanted to end my life you know, thankfully that's 20 plus years in the rear view mirror now, but I know what it feels like to have none of this, none of these skills, which is why I'm such a fierce advocate of them for myself. And for those who are human, which would be all of us who are prone to, well, obviously we're all human, but I was going to say those of us who are vulnerable or sensitive to it, but all of us are. So that's why I am so fiercely committed to those things. And dude, I mean, yesterday, I can give you every single day, by definition, when you're trying to do hard things, you're going to experience hard things. And how does that feel? By definition, being out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable. I'm out of my comfort zone all day, every day. And this is a truism, but that's what I aspire to embody. Cause I know that's the essence of greatness is you have to be willing to go there, go there, go there, go there, go there. I don't hear the suffering in that, which is, I think what most of us, when we're on this side of it, and we're imagining, Hey, I want to, I'm, I'm tired of being in this place. I want to step in this next place. Uh, I don't see my next goal, but usually it's because we're looking for what will be comfortable versus what might be on the other side of uncomfortable and the other side of things like I'm not ready. Right. We tell ourselves we've got all the, 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 the voice of resistance and part X and all of that kind of stuff wailing around. They're just trying to protect us. And so the, this, this element of what happens when I'm actually on the other side of it, am I energized and, and having that, that self knowledge and that, that wisdom of saying, well, let me get on the other side and let me actually see, cause I might be lit up by that. I might be more uncomfortable, but I'm more energized as a result. And I think this comes back to knowing, am I grinding? Am I betraying myself? Or am I actually finding that flow, finding that yep. place where I'm, I'm leaning in and I get more energy as a result, but we've got to be willing to look beyond what we think is doable, what is attainable, what is comfortable and be willing to consider those options. Cause most of the time we're saying, I don't know what to do, but it's really, I don't know what to do. That'll be comfortable or safe or, you know, acceptable. Yeah. And it, it, I, so many things there. So two things I wanted to talk about one, um, the flow channel, which I don't want to go into detail on, but you just hit it. You get into flow by matching your current skills with your current challenge, going just a little bit outside of it. So you want to find that edge. If you're overwhelmed and anxious, you're going too far, bring it back just a little, a little bit, bit, right? right? Just like, a like, little bit. Okay. Yeah. Just want yeah. To handle. And if you're bored, then you need to go challenge yourself. So you want to find that again, longer chat, but what came to me as you were describing that is what we call targeted thinking. So one of the, the ways that we cultivate the self-mastery, et cetera, is you got to ask yourself two questions. What do you want? So at the end of the day, the move from victim to hero, right? Where you're complaining about your life and da 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 wah, 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 right? 
um, victim to hero is very simple. It's what do you want? So what do you want? If you could wave a wand and we'll want to rub it up against the constraints of our reality, but what do you really want? And guess what? You got to slow down long enough and disconnect from the echo chamber of whatever it is you blow your brain up with long enough to think about that from a well-rested state. What do you want? And then the second question is perfect. Now, what do you need to do? What's your next step? And that's, by the way, how I deal with the creative anxiety that inevitably comes up when you're doing hard things, trying to write my book proposal. My agent is awesome and he is intense. You know, it's like perfect. Okay. You know, and, ah, you know, that, that pain, of course it's hard, but you focus on the process as you ask, what do I want? Then what needs to get done? You measure yourself on, did you show up in your deep work? But so did you actually show up and do the things? Did I hit my, my, whatever measures I have for myself? We've already talked about the meditation and the, you know, shut down complete ritual, the deep work that's success. I did that. 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 And I have done that enough times to know that if I do that, like if I'm in the midst of a creative challenge strategically with the platform or with the book, all I need to do is give it another day or two, just give it another day or two. I'm going to crack it. Like I know that now I have built enough trust in the process that I know that something is good right on the other side of that really intense pain. And that's a unbelievable goosebumps thing for me personally. Even when I wake up at night, I laugh now and I go, dude, this is a good one. It's coming. You earned this one. It's coming. coming. We yeah. were good. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Own my this. feeling too. It's like, Own oh, this. it's we're good. It's and like I, a I birth to, contraction, right? It's like you get, Oh, it's, it's exactly right. And what do you coming. do? You breathe into that. You breathe into that and you, yeah. And then it quickens and you're getting closer. Boom. More intense. Let's go. It's exactly it. With due respect to the fact that it's a hundred times challenger for our beloved <laughs> women. Well, let me ask you about this because let's talk about focus for a second. When, you know, I talked to so many guys, especially guys that are leading their company, whether it's them alone or they've got a team or whatever it is. And noticing the difference between being in this creative state versus being the, what I call that firefighter state and just in that reactive place. And so here you are in this place where you're leading this and it's very creative. How do you start to triage? You know, it's like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? Well, let's, let's go through that process of what gets done or what actually gets done by you, what gets delegated. Cause I come back to like what Michael uh, Gerber talks about in the e-myth, that visionary, that manager, that soldier, really understanding, Hey, this is the best use of my time, my energy, my focus. Um, can we talk a little bit about how you discern what actually gets on your plate? Cause that's part of the overwhelm. That's part of the grind too, is taking on crap that a doesn't, it shouldn't be your crap to deal with. But number yep. two, it's not really the, the deep work that we're talking about that is so rewarding because it's just keeping the fires, you know, under control instead of moving the, moving the needle forward. Yep. So every morning, um, I journal my identity and my virtues and what I'm going to do today to be an integrity so I can win the ultimate game and cultivate my anti-fragile confidence. So without going into the details of that, one of the virtues I affirm from my work identity is ruthlessness. I'm ruthless in how I focus. The first one is I what, say, what I, does that mean? How do we know? I say no, I say no, this book will make you dangerous because you're going to get clear on, on who you are and what's important to you. And anything outside of those lines isn't. And I draw, you know, an arrow that I just drew here, you know, there's heroic that H represents heroic core, right? So boom, if it's outside the lines, I don't care. I just don't care. And again, one of my old mentors and coaches said, I care so much 
that I just don't care. I am so fiercely committed to my own, you know, sacred vow and my own actualization in service to what I've decided I'm going to dedicate my life to anything outside of those lines. I don't care. I just don't. It's energy and work and love for me. And then within the work domain, um, I've cultivated that skill. It's a skill. Anything that you want to cultivate, you have to practice, obviously. So I've disciplined myself to get clear on what do I want right now? So, you know, without going into the details, I need to create a basic heroic training platform, which is very difficult for us to define exactly what that's going to mean, which is what we're doing right now. And I need to get proof points so I can go from a seed round to a series A. I want to go raise, you know, $30 million in the next 12, 15 months to go to the next level. So what do I need to do between a seed idea round in a series A? I need a working prototype that's awesome. It's not perfect, but it's great. I want my first 10,000 paying customers at a million dollar run, right? I got very specific targets that if I hit these targets, I have a pretty good shot at going out and getting the next 30 million at a stepped up valuation. And then I get to go to town. So then I look at it and go, what's going to help me get from here to there. And I line up the dominoes, which is one of the metaphors I use. And I am ruthless. If it is not going to help me knock down that next domino, and I am not the only person on our team that can do it, I don't do it. I just don't care. It, it's not in my sphere. Then you combine that with a good night of sleep. So my energy is there and ability to focus my attention on what's important now. So my mind's right. And whether you meditate, you should meditate. I would offer no one should do anything, but I think meditation is an important aspect of our literally physical training to get our minds strong, like hitting the gym or whatever you want to use. After you do that, don't blow your mind up with inputs, go deep and ask yourself the question, what's important now. And if I'm a leader, it's that much more important for me to do that. Cause I've got to be able to direct my team and I can be the general looking at the battlefield and saying, this needs to be here. That needs to be there. This person needs to do that. I need to do this. And I do that every single morning, 365 days a year. And again, that's a capacity that I believe I've cultivated that all of us have and have at different degrees. Um, and that's my secret sauce is that there's not a day that I don't do that for at least 30, 60, more often 90 minutes a day. And then I, I joke to our coaches, we train, if that's all I did, if I did 90 minutes of deep work after a good night of sleep and a solid meditation, I could literally never do anything other than that for the rest of the day. And I would still do a lot <laughs> because it's truly <laughs> the most important thing. I'm not diffusing my energy well, and you look, can get a lot done with 365 or whatever winds up being days of, of truly important stuff. There's so much important stuff in there, but it, it keeps coming back to uh, some really handsome, fun, wise guy wrote a book about being dangerous. And he, and he says uh, in that book, something like, uh, you know, if you don't know what's important, then everything's important. And what I'm hearing there is the leader that shows up and he goes wide. He allows his focus to be diffused he gets right on email, he gets right into that reactive mode, then that's where he gets sucked in, into that, that wide view of things instead of coming back to, here's what needs to happen. This is my job is to discern, hey, here's the vision. Now we're connecting the dots. We're, we're laying the structures underneath that and getting that going. And that is your job. That is the main thing that you need to be doing and to follow through on that. Nobody else is going to do that for you if you're at the, at, at the top. Yeah. And Michael, you know, my right-hand guy was quoting Belichick, some guy that just retired who told his wide receiver, do your 
job. Get open, catch the ball. So that's your job. Just do your job. You know? So like the leader's job is this first things first. Is this the most important thing for me to do right now? And that, that's not a once in a while thing, by the way, that's moment to moment, to moment, to moment, to moment, to moment. Is this the most important thing for me right now? If it isn't, not at all. And again, that discipline is how you show up powerfully, not just at work, but in your relationships. And then you have great balance because you turn your work off and then you have your smartphone in the closet and you're actually engaged with your family. Imagine that. Boom. And you bring your attention to whatever's most important right now. That's kind of our playful power of now Eckhart Tolle style in a mm -hmm. really powerful, um, fierce, you know, uh, approach heroic style. There's a discipline to this with regards to tension. There's a creative tension, that dynamic tension, right? When you talk about when you wake up in the middle of the night and there's that tension of the, the contraction, right? And there's the relationship to that. There's the relationship to, I feel the tension between my, uh, attention wanting to wander and get away from the goal here. So I, I that's when I think about the things that pull us off and, and distract us, it's there. It actually shows up in the body or it shows up in the mind of like, Hey, what about this? What about this? It's that little guy on the shoulder. But it, to me, it shows up as tension and we're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this tension. So I distract myself or I allow myself to be pulled off or whatever. And so do, does it occur to you as tension when it shows up? Are you aware of it more in your body or that little thing? I know you've got so many things set in place now where you're there. There's so fewer distractions, but is there that temptation when there's that, that there's that tension? It's like, Oh, let me just go somewhere else to diffuse the tension. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, of course. And again, it can be manifest in different ways and we can frame it in, in, in different ways. Um, this is where, so the cardinal virtues we talk a lot about are wisdom and self-mastery and then courage and love. So wisdom is knowing the game you're playing and how to play it well. And the ultimate game is to express the best version of yourself moment to moment, to moment, to moment. Literally, this is Aristotle, Seligman, et cetera. Okay. So that's wisdom. Then self-mastery is the ability to actually play that game well today. And in those moments in which you feel that tug into the other side and daimon, you daimon is, is good soul, right? Daimon is that best version of ourselves call whatever you want, right? Demon is just the diminutive of daimon. So it's like you have the angel and the devil. And right. we all do all day, every day, that civil war, which is what Lincoln tells me every day, win the civil war within, right? So your daimon and your demon are all constantly talking. And so then you need to, I think you need to win that battle as many times as you can a day. And you want to recognize when you're, when you're basically giving up and you're listening to the demon. And this is Nietzsche comes into my mind as well. He says, it's easy to command yourself entirely different to obey. So you got to be able to command yourself and then obey yourself. And if you can't good luck, because you're going to have to go work for somebody else and do somebody else's game. And I'm, I'm not perfect by any means, but I hold myself to a very high standard. I don't want to lose points during that. I don't want to lose that little thing. So I do little things all day, every day to challenge myself. All the things I've already described, I've got this thousand second timer on my Timex watch that I get up. You don't want to be sedentary, tiny little thing, but it's important. So thousand seconds, the timer goes off. 
And there are times when I don't want to get up. This is a super mundane example. And I, I get up as a demonstration of my own self-mastery. It's like taking a cold shower. Like you gotta, you gotta be the type of person that goes and does things they don't want to do simply to demonstrate to yourself that you're the type of person that does what you know is right. Even when you don't feel like it and you build that muscle, the same way you build the capacity to run a marathon or do a triathlon or whatever, little by little. But most people think that it should be, I show up at the starting line, I can run a marathon. The exact opposite is true. You need to show up in those tiny little moments that you don't think matter that are actually everything. And when you do that, you earn a huge amount of trust in yourself where then you start dreaming a little bigger. Cause now, you know, you actually have the capacity to follow through and you, you use every moment when that tension arises in whatever way it does as an opportunity to practice your philosophy. And when you do that, it's, it's hard to explain, but that, that's anti-fragile confidence. And you're like, oh shit, I actually do have what it takes to deal with whatever happens. And the worse I feel, the more committed I am. Oh my God, I used to spiral out and down for days or weeks. And now I use that same stressful stimuli to get better. Holy, I can do, what can I do? I don't know what I can do, but if I can do that, I just freed up so much more energy. I got rid of all the distractions and oh, geez. Anyway, that's kind of the, the fun, exciting energizing to use a word we used before experience. Let's come back. You you touched on something in there and and this relates to the sense of authority for ourselves. A a little while ago, you, you, you brushed on this topic of being the personal growth jackass, which I'm a card carrying member. And, uh, that, that part of us that can listen to tons of, uh, podcasts, read tons of books and every book has five things that we should be doing. And and then we just get overwhelmed. Right. And so it fits into that column of, I should be doing this, right. This guy says it's, it's good. He's got, he's got data to back it up, but there's no possible way that we're going to do it all. And so when you talk about knowing what's right, knowing what's right for me versus what I should be doing, because I read it and this, these people mean well, but it's like, man, if I were to read 10 books a year, I've got 50 things I'm supposed to do before seven in the morning, I'm overwhelmed. Right. So how do we come, how do we, how do we address that tendency to keep stacking on the shoulds? I should be doing all this stuff and then, okay, how do I find out what actually is right for me? Yeah. Yeah. So again, so many different ways we can address that. I've talked about the first two objectives, know the game you're playing, right. And how to play it well. And then the second objective is to forge anti-fragile confidence. The third is simplifying self-help. So we talk about the big three energy, work, and love. So you have to have the discipline to say, I can't do it all. I got to constrain. I got to embrace the constraints of my reality, hold high standards. And then the algorithm I use in my own life is what's the number one thing I could be doing not the 101 things, but what, uh, given everything I've studied. And again, we don't need to listen to another podcast, read another book, watch another masterclass. We need to start doing the things we already know, but then simplify that and say, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that could most change my life? We call the heroic habit. And by the way, you can answer that, ask that question yourself every day. And I do. What's the number one thing I could be doing for my relationship? It's a stupid thing. I'm doing the dishes at night right now. Literally, that was the number one thing I could do. I owe my wife a year. She would wound up getting in the habit after I used to do it. Perfect. That's actually the most loving thing I can do right now. So that's the thing I'm doing. But we can all ask ourselves that question of what's the number one thing. And again, that's mundane, but what's the number one thing I could be doing that if I did it consistently would most positively benefit my life. 
And then, oh, I don't know. Is it this or that? Make a decision. Like, just pick one and then go do it. <laughs> and then know that the, the fastest way to change your life isn't to do a new, quote, good thing. It's to stop doing the, quote, bad thing. So get rid of the kryptonites. That's by far the fastest way to change your life. If you have an alcohol problem, newsflash, deal with it. That's what's going to change your life the most. If you've got an Instagram problem or you got a whatever, fill in the blank problem, perfect. We all have our issues figure out how you're going to eliminate that from your life. And then the speed with which you, you stop leaking the energy and you actually start moving forward is profound. But I like to focus on the number ones. Get, uh, what I'm hearing there is get small, right? Like, like make it small. You, you kind of brush off mundane, but I like mundane. Like I, I, let's start with mundane. It's better than nothing. And I hear it's easy to shift from, you know, you're, you're the word for you is optimized, but there, there are a lot of people don't, don't see any daylight between optimization and maximizing right? Where they, they're like, I have to have the best one single best choice. And they get stuck. They grind to a halt trying to find the one thing. And I love that. You're like, just do something. Get, just start moving in that direction. Don't sit on the sidelines trying to figure out the best thing to do. Just get going, relax that thing and just get going and then start to gather data. Hey, is this really serving me? Let's build on that. What, what would we shift and, and go from there? Yeah. Love it. Incrementally aggregating and compounding little games over an extended period of time. Um, just be in the game and show up. This is all feeling great. I'm loving, I really appreciate you pulling back the curtain and letting us in on the process. It's helpful to, to hear your humanity and that you do have your doubts and you do, you do wrestle with the demon and the you wrestle with the tension. It's not, you know, magical in that sense, but you have set up so many things in your life to be able to pivot quickly and get back into the right spot. You know, the thing I'm taking away is just, man, if we're not focused, we're screwed just right off the bat. That, that's such a big takeaway from this conversation that we, we're going to get lost in that reactive firefighting stage and not really lead our lives, not be in that creative state and, and instead get stuck into victimhood. Love it, man. I always love our connections. Good chat. <laughs> <laughs> love it too, brother. Good to see you again. Looking forward to the next one, man. Me too. Day one. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.